One of the things about Christmas that we all agree on, whether we say we agree on it or not, is that we all like getting gifts. Now, there'll be people here tonight, so don't give me anything. I don't want anything. I don't need anything. But the truth is, when somebody takes the trouble to give you a gift, it's got your name on it. Cam talked about this a few weeks ago, just a gift with your name on it, that it just it makes you feel good. It makes you feel good. And, and we love, I don't, I don't know anybody who, who says, you know, I hate getting gifts. I just, the worst thing that ever happened to me is when I got a gift. They ruined my day. They gave me a gift. We don't say that. We love getting gifts. We do. We love it. We, we love that somebody thought about it. And, and I started to think about some of the gifts that, that I received. And, and um, I'll, be, I'll be brief. I grew up in an area where we, got, we had some really cool toys. I'm just going to tell you, like, I don't know what happened to our generation. But when I grew up, the Nerf football was invented. Now, you see Nerf, and they're everywhere. But when I grew up, the Nerf football was invented. As a matter of fact, it was invented by Frank Cox. He was a kicker for uh, uh, the Minnesota Vikings, and, and he played in the NFL for 15 years, but he made his money on the Nerf football. And the, before the Nerf football came around, you, if you played in the cold, the ball was so hard it hurt your hands. And then this new ball, I never, I wanted, that's all I wanted for Christmas was a Nerf football when I was a kid one year. And I got it. And then I thought about the big wheel. You know, did you know anything about the big wheel? That also came about in my era. It was, it was invented in 1969. I was born in 65. But, but used to, tricycles sat up, and they were slow. And if you fell over in a tricycle, that's what I'm talking about. i got fans here. <laughs> but the big wheel sat lower to the ground. And it was all plastic. And it was faster. And I remember wanting one, and I never got one. I remember when I was in middle school, a new video game came out. The only video game I'd ever heard of, the only one I knew of. It was really cool. It was called Pong. <laughs> it was a dot that went across the screen. You could, you could move a dot to hit it back and forth. And you could get it stuck in the corner and play by yourself. I don't know if you remember that, but... And you know, we love getting gifts. I think about gifts as an adult. The gift of family. And as you get older, that becomes more precious, doesn't it? The gift of a church family, of people who choose to love you in spite of you. And then I think about some gifts that we get that are just special because of the one who gave it to us. I got a gift yesterday. It's my favorite gift this Christmas. I got a bracelet that Nora made me. She gave it to me, it came with a hug. And I think about gifts like this. That Jesus Christ is God's gift to us. And that's why we're here. And I know you know this, but the most popular scripture in the Bible. This is how God loved the world. He gave. God gave us the gift of Jesus. His one and only Son, so that everyone who believes in Him will not perish, but have eternal life. God sent His Son into the world, not to judge the world, but to save the world through Him that God gave us. He gave us this incredible gift with our name on it that said, I love you. I care about you. I'm sending someone to save you. I'm sending my best. I'm sending my Son. And so we're here tonight. We're here tonight to celebrate the gift of Jesus, to celebrate the gift of Jesus. And we walk through this 
Uh, and tonight's service is broken up into two parts. This is the first part. That we're here tonight to celebrate the gift of Jesus. You know, when you get a gift, you're so, ex- you're so excited, uh, so joyous. Uh, um, you receive something, it, it warms your heart. And we've been looking at the scriptures, just how this went in the early days in the story of Jesus. And so I'm going to walk you through these two scriptures. It says, when the angels had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see the thing that has happened. They had, uh, the angel had come and said, a Savior's coming. Someone's coming to save the world. Someone cares about you. Someone is for you. Someone to redeem you. Let's go see this thing's happened, which the Lord has told us about. And then they hurried to the village and found Mary and Joseph. And there was a baby lying in the manger. And after seeing him, the shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angel had said to them and this child. And all who heard the shepherd's story were astonished. But Mary kept all these things in her heart and thought about them often. The shepherds went back to their flocks, glorifying and praising God. We're here to celebrate Jesus. We're going to sing in just a minute. But we're going to celebrate with our voices. We're going to praise God with our mouths. Just this great gift. Just as, as you have received a, a, an incredible gift in your life, you'd just be joyous, you'd be excited, you'd tell everyone. That's, that's, that's the gift we have in Jesus Christ. But then we also see in the Scripture about the wise men. If we go to the Luke Scripture, I mean, the Matthew Scripture, it says, Jesus was born in Bethlehem, Judea, during the reign of King Herod. About that time, some wise men from the eastern lands arrived in Jerusalem asking, where is the newborn king of the Jews? We saw his star as it rose, and we have come to worship him. We're not here just to celebrate with our voices. We're here to celebrate Jesus with our lives, offering him whatever we have, that we're going to worship him. We're going to do that in just a minute by singing. We're going to do that in a minute by taking the Lord's Supper, remembering that Jesus came, Not just as a baby, but he came to die. So let's celebrate with our voices. Let's celebrate with our time of communion together. You know, when we get a gift, one of the things we don't want to do is share it. Nobody gets a gift for Christmas and thinks, who can I share this with? Get a gift. As a matter of fact, if someone tries to take it, we naturally say that's mine or that had my name on it. Um, I don't know if you noticed that was given to me. And the gift of Jesus is a gift that we share. We share the gift of Jesus. That's why we've been given it. Now, most people um, know my story. I'll be brief. I didn't grow up in the church. Parents never went to church. Dad was alcoholic. Someone told me about Jesus. Matter of fact, someone modeled a couple we met through baseball. Little League Baseball in Newport News, Virginia. They invited us to church. They took me and my brothers to church for, for years, on and off. Never pressured us, never felt like they had to do anything but just love us. But they shared the gift of Jesus with us. We went to church with them for a while, and then 
when I was in high school, I'd been going for a long time. I'd heard it. I finally came to a place where I accepted Christ. I thought to myself, man, if you'll love me, then this is what I want. And I accepted Christ in between my sophomore and junior year of high school. It was really the summer right before my junior year. And when I accepted Christ, I did something really stupid right after that. I told my best friend about Jesus. It was the worst presentation of the gospel in the history of the world. Had no idea. I just knew. I didn't know what I was talking about. I didn't know anything. Didn't know the Bible. He was asking me questions about Hinduism and Buddha. And I was just like, I don't know. I walked out and got out of his car. He was a, and he was a good athlete. I was not. He was popular. I was, I was really not. But we were friends. We were best friends. We walked home from school every day until we could drive. And I shared the gospel with him. And I felt like an idiot. I saw him at school for months after that. It was just awkward. I don't know if you know what I'm talking about. It was just awkward. And then one day, out of the blue, he said, Gary, so I'm in the hallway. So I'm going to go to church with you. In December of that year, of 1983, David Willis gave his life to Christ. And he pastors a church in Newport News, Virginia, my hometown. This is not about me. But I want to close out tonight. Like, we just don't celebrate Jesus with our mouth and go home and say, that was really nice. That was nice, a nice service. I want to give you a challenge tonight. I want to give you a challenge for this next year. That you would share Jesus unashamedly, boldly, uh, lovingly, not, not, not thumping people over the head or trying to convince them of how awful they are. That, that's not what I'm saying. Because that doesn't work. I'm talking about where you love somebody enough that you can't sleep at night. Because you know that they don't know who Jesus is. That you love somebody enough that, man, you're on your knees and you're praying for them. See, if you want to know where we're going to go next year, we're going to go. I want us to go. I want us to share Christ more than we ever have. This has been a burden of mine. I look at this, I look at this cross right here full of names, and I've got names. These are names of people we want to see accept Christ. Look at this cross. I want this cross to be less, and I want this cross to be more. I want to see people come to faith, and if you're here tonight, you're going, man, this is not what I bargained for. Listen to me. This may be why you're here tonight. So I'm going to run through some scriptures with you. Very familiar. First one is this. Jesus came and he told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, what is the word? See, Jesus has two words. For those who are not followers of Jesus Christ, he says, come, come on, come on. If you read the scriptures, he says, come follow me. Come, come to me. If you've got problems, come to me. He says, come, come on. But if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, his word is go, that we are to go. Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Because here's the deal. What worked for me when I was in high school, what worked for you, the reason you're here tonight, because somebody shared their faith with you, still works. People still need Jesus. They do. They need Him desperately. They may not know it, but they need Him. 
Second scripture. For I'm not ashamed of this good news. You see, to have good news, there's got to be bad news. And the bad news is this, is that you and I are not good enough to make it to heaven on our own. We're not good enough, not smart enough, can't work hard enough, just can't get there. Impossible. Because of our sinfulness. But God made a way by, by sending Jesus, by giving us this gift of Jesus Christ. And man, we've got this good news, and so I'm not going to be ashamed of it because it's the power of God at work saving everyone who believes. The Jew first and also the Gentile. And so we go. And so here's my challenge. And I wrote this down. What if next year, on Christmas Eve, Christmas Eve's on a Sunday next year. What if next year on Christmas Eve, hear me, that you're sitting with one person from your family who doesn't know the Lord, but they do because you shared Christ with them? What if you're here next year with two people from work that you shared Christ with? What if you're here next year with five people from your ball team because you shared Christ with them? What if you're here next year with ten people from your neighborhood because you shared Christ with them? Because God's calling us to go. Because Jesus is a gift that, that we don't keep to ourselves. It's like we've got it and I'm going to give it to somebody else because it was so good. And it worked for me. I want, to, I want everyone to have it. See, the enemy does a great job of uh, making us feel like that we're not important, that the message that we carry is not important, and that people don't need it. And we forget. Man, he does such a good job because people have nice houses, nice cars, nice stuff. They're smart. They're, they, may be, they may be popular, whatever. I don't know. But he does a great job of making us feel like they would never want, they, they would never want Jesus. Man, they would never, nah, they don't, they, not them. And we forget that without Christ, it's a dark world. Without Christ, none of that stuff matters though. There's not much hope. Not much good. And in John, he writes this, at the beginning of John, this, we've been using this metaphor with Advent, the metaphor of candles and light. It says, the Word gave life to everything that was created. The Word is Jesus. It says, the Word gave life to everything that was created, and His life brought light to everyone. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. God sent a man, John the Baptist, to tell about the light so that everyone might believe because of his testimony. John himself was not the light. He was just simply a witness to tell about the light. And that's what we are. We're a witness to the light. I was in darkness, but now I've got light. The one who is a true light gives light to everyone was coming to the world and he came as a baby and he's coming back as Savior. 
He's coming back as King of kings and Lord of lords. And man, we get an opportunity to just share light with people. So we're going to close out our service tonight. I'm going to light a candle, one on each side, and then you're going to pass it on and light the candles, and we're going to darken the room a little bit. And it's a metaphor of man, just how quickly light spreads. How beautifully the room looks and lives look when we have the light of Christ in life. Listen, I'm challenging. Listen to me. You want to do something great next year? It won't be a raise. It won't be a new house. It won't be a new car. You'll think that's great. But I'm telling you, you want, you want, you want to know something that, man, you'll lay awake at night just thinking, man, God, I can't believe this. I can't believe this happened. When you share Christ with someone and their life changes, And you want to do it again and again. You want to see it happen over and over. And so we're going to light some candles, just symbolic of Jesus' light and of us lighting, passing on this light of Christ to others. I'm going to pray for us. Merry Christmas to all of you. Thanks for being here today. I look forward to next year as we go. Father, I thank you for sending Jesus to us. Thank you for this gift that we celebrate tonight. Lord, I don't want to hoard it. And I don't want to be selfish with it. I don't want to think, well, I'm saved and I'm good and that's great. I'm just going to go home. And, well, that was nice. Father, I pray that you prick our hearts. Father, give us a fire for our friends, for our family our neighbors, ball team members, co-workers, people that we just come in contact with. Lord, help us to share the light of Christ with them. Pray that in Jesus' name. Amen.